0: Hello, and welcome to Birthish, the podcast where everyone's birth story matters.
1: Hi, I'm Tiara, a millennial mom, doula, and lactation specialist.
0: And I'm Jaisha, a millennial midwife and women's health advocate.
1: We have joined together to create a space to discuss all things related to birth.
0: This space was also created to educate and allow women to share their birth stories. Every woman has a journey, and it's so inspiring when women can come together to fellowship and share.
1: Please remember that the information on this show is not medical advice and cannot be used to diagnose or treat any medical conditions.
0: Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Birthish. We would love to hear your feedback. DM us and let us know what topics you would like to hear, what we can do better, or if you would like to be a guest.
1: Now it's time for some
0: Birth-ish.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Birth-ish. We've reached 500 followers last week on Instagram, and we're so excited. Um, We both cannot thank you enough for all the support that you have given us. This month is Maternal Mental Health Awareness Month. So we will have moms share their birth stories and how they dealt with any mental health disorders or just the emotional toll that can be, you know, associated with pregnancy, birth or postpartum and just ways that they manage through this time. We also will have um, a couple of special guests who are experts in just mental health and wellness throughout pregnancy and, you know, just motherhood womanhood in general who will join us for a couple of episodes so please stay tuned for just what we have planned for may
0: yes i'm so happy to be back hey tiara hey jason (laughs) um and I just wanted to say happy belated Mother's Day to you and our special guests, who I'll introduce soon, Thank um, you. because I really am inspired by you guys. And I know it takes a lot to be a mom, and I just really, like, love hearing about you guys' stories and your babies, and yes, yeah, so I just hope you all had a wonderful Mother's Day. Thank you. Um, and so, as Tierra mentioned, we'll be talking about maternal health, maternal mental health is a very important topic to us. Um, We just feel like many times, you know, after moms have their babies, more focus kind of can go toward the baby and people don't intentionally do it, but you kind of find yourself asking like, how's the baby? But a lot of people don't include the mom. And so moms kind of end up feeling left out or feel like kind of ashamed to like feel like asking for help or feeling like they should be included because then they feel like, oh, I'm being selfish toward my baby. So we kind of just wanted to bring more awareness to this and take and just express that we want everyone to remember to always ask how the mom is doing. And so, um, We've actually had some amazing birth stories so far. So if you Mm -hmm. haven't tuned in, please make sure you do and go back to our birth stories. Like I've been listening to them throughout the weeks too, just when I need some motivation. Um, Like we said, it's just not for people, moms that are pregnant or even if you don't, you know, I don't have any kids, but I get inspired by these stories all the time. So um, I wanted to introduce our special guest which is my line sister, and I call her my sister friend, Princess. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Princess. Hey. hey. Shout out to the Deltas, okay? I always got to put that in there. Oh, <laughs> hey, no, <I> <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Princess, it's been like a real a pleasure, you know, watching you bloom into a new mom and, like, overcoming so much. And so I'm just so happy to have you to join us. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Yes. So we'll start with you just kind of telling us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll jump into your birth story.
2: Okay. I'm originally from Durham, North Carolina, but I moved to Charlotte in 2010 to go to school, um, to go to UNC Charlotte. So shout out to the 49ers, and shout out to everybody (laughs) that was supposed to graduate this weekend. Congratulations. Oh my gosh. Yes, congratulations, everybody because honestly graduation is for you but it's also for your family because they poured a lot into you so yeah it's it's just as much for you as it is for your parents and your family so shout out to them but yes I graduated from UNC Charlotte um I I do so much so I'm trying to limit to what I say I do like I just (laughs) don't limit it
0: girl we wouldn't tell us everything yes
2: (laughs) so I just recently left my job, which is crazy to leave a job during Corona, but like you said, your mental health matters, and so yes. I chose my mental health over my job, which actually, actually, I've been really blessed during this season, like, I haven't struggled, I haven't won it for anything, but also, I think that's just because, like, I'm a hustler by nature, like, when one business stops, I pick up on another, and, like, I take mm-hmm. every job that I have, and, like, I find something that I can put towards doing something else. So, like, I started off working working for Target as, like, a visual merchandiser, and from that, learning how to sell and build things for other people, I took that to social media and helping people build their business pages so that they can design great pages that appeal to people, because I think in corona, people are realizing how important social media is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So, um. right now, that's,
2: that's just what I'm focusing on working from home and taking care of my little
1: toddler.
0: Wonderful. But I love how you said that, like how you put your mental health first (laughs) and how like you were saying, you know, you kind of learned from Target, but then you took it into your own practice. And I feel like that's a good lesson just one thing we can learn from Corona is that, like you were saying, Princess, you have to hustle. And, like, it's always good to have some, like, all of us on here have our own, like, type of business, you know. Because, mm-hmm. like, just in case you don't have that job, you have something to fall back on. So, I think that's a really important thing to, like, for people to start thinking about. Like, how can I make my own money in the case of something happening? So, yeah, Definitely.
1: That's amazing. Well, thank you for sharing that. We're such, as always, big fans of entrepreneurs and women doing big things in business. Um, Princess, do you mind kind of jumping into your birth story and kind of start from, you know, when you got pregnant and how did, you know, things kind of unfold?
2: All righty. I can kind of jump into that. So um, I got pregnant in two, technically, would it be? 2017 I got pregnant and then I had my daughter towards the end. <laughs> like, FYI mommy brain does not disappear. <laughs> it does, I bet it does not. But I had my I got pregnant like early 2017, January, February. And it was just really interesting because some people say they know they were pregnant and then I was just one of the ones that didn't know they were pregnant and just was living life. <laughs> And so I got like really sick and like I couldn't eat anything. Like literally the smell of food made me sick, riding in cars, any anything made me sick. So like I was like, Finally, let me break down and go to the doctor and they were like, Ha ha, you're pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is a joke. <laughs> but heck yeah. So I was like, Okay. So then that's kinda where Like, it all kind of fell apart for me, not because I was pregnant, but more, well, because I was pregnant, because I kind of had a high risk pregnancy, like, I couldn't eat
0: Mm -hmm.
2: at all. Like, literally, like, I would force myself to eat, but like, the nausea that set in my throat, like, really just was crazy. Like, I would have to go to, but mind you, I was still working and going to school at this time.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: So like having to do all of that and still be sick, like I ended up in the hospital for a day and it was just a lot, like being pregnant. So that's why I tell people like, I like, the pregnancy experience wasn't great, but everything afterwards has been a little bit better for me (laughs) just because I was sick. Like I had that battle of like, I'm happy I'm pregnant and I get to see my daughter grow in my belly, but then I literally can't even walk down the steps without feeling like I have to pass out.
0: That's real, definitely. <laughs> so but some important. people, you know, they're like, you know, it's like like you just said, like I'm happy and pregnant, but it can be a toll on your body, especially when you're mm-hmm. sick and you can't eat and you're throwing up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So that was an experience. But like being pregnant. Now my labor though, that <laughs> that was a lot better. Um, and I think I also had struggles being pregnant because then there was health scares for my daughter. And, like, you know, it's the greatest joy to figure out what the sex of your baby is. But, like, learning the sex also comes with an anatomy scan. So then Mm -hmm. there comes that fear of making sure your baby's growing healthy and things like that. And then when I found out, like, the sex of my daughter, I was, like, really happy. Like, oh, I'm going to have a girl. I wanted a girl. But then it's, like, comes that fear of, okay, now they're seeing that she has, like, a red spot in her heart, like, a hole in her heart. And, like, that's kind of a marker for, one, a heart issue, but then possibly her having Down syndrome.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So then I kind of had to go through weeks of, like, going to see a high-risk doctor for that also. And, like, trying to figure out, okay, will my daughter have Down syndrome? And going through all of those struggles, too, on top of everyday life hitting, and then like, OK, getting to a point where they're like, OK, we done the test. She doesn't have Down syndrome. We think you're out, out the clear. We won't officially know until you have her.
0: So, oh, my goodness, that's still like a lot of anxiety. I just want to know, like, that's like just right there. That was a lot. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like just. Oh, my God. That's so like. What do you feel like was going through your mind at that time when they told you, you know, she could have Down syndrome and who was there to support you? And like, just give us kind of let us know, like in your world, like what were you experiencing at that time? Like
2: one of the things I had to learn becoming a parent, which is one of my Achilles heels, is I have a tendency to shut down. Like Mm -hmm. it takes me a minute to process things. So in the moment I feel nothing. I can think nothing like I just completely shut down. And that's how I knew, I understood that I needed to take people with me to the doctor who, like, Mm -hmm. understand me. And, like, if I shut down, like, they can jump in and be like, okay, da 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 So, like, I had my brother with me at one point to go with me. Because I, like, my daughter's father, he just doesn't handle high-stress situations. So, like, in our relationship, I was the one who, like, handled high-stress things. And, like, I had to calm him down. But in going through that, I had to, like, really have people who can handle high-stress and, like, show up. So right. I was like, okay, you sit in the corner. I'm going to take some people with mm-hmm. you and me <laughs> and like do that. So, luckily, like my brother, he's like very calm and he's like, it's okay. Like, you've got this. And he just made me feel empowered. And then, like, my best friend, Essence, was like really a great help because she saw me as the doctor was saying, okay, now she has another marker. So now we're going to have to take this a step further. And I'm just like, I don't even know what to say. Like, she's mm-hmm. like, do you have any questions? And I'm just like, ma'am you just gave me bad news I can't even think (laughs) right Mm -hmm. and like literally essence jumped in was like well ma'am okay so what's the chances what does this look like what do we have to do from here what I'm like oh thank god Mm -hmm. my mind was on another planet so I think like having a good support system who like encourages you and like who knows you so like they know where they can step in to support you Mm -hmm. and you don't even have to ask sometimes was really helpful to me
0: Oh, my goodness. Yes, that is so true. Because I could imagine, like, well, I can't really imagine being here. But just knowing, like, something happens. And like you said, like, your brain just shuts down. It's like, in the moment, you're trying to deal with taking that in. So it's like, because some people, like, will have, like, thousands of questions. And other people, like you said, will just be like, that's all I need to hear. Like, I don't even know what to ask at this point. Because you're trying to deal with getting that information at the same time, you know. And then doctors and then like providers or like myself sometimes we ask you questions and you're and I and I totally understand it's like giving you a moment to actually process this you know <laughs> definitely and um, like have, sorry you go ahead. Oh, oh no go ahead
2: no I was saying like definitely that moment to process and I think that's also what I learned during pro- pregnancy is like process things like you have to process them in order to take
0: definitely. care of yourself and um so just going back with that what impact do you think like your provider like had on your pregnancy I guess we kind of didn't talk about I mean we talked about that you had to have like a high risk provider can you tell us a little bit more about the providers that were helping you and how you felt like they impacted your pregnancy
2: yeah definitely because like going into it I was in these support groups on social media and it kind of scared me because like one you know it's black women Mm-hmm. A lot of times we're not heard when we go to the doctors mm-hmm. and like I in there hearing their stories, like some of them weren't heard, like some of them had to keep like asking their doctors for things. But I was just really lucky where I had providers who were one patient and understanding and like no question I asked went unanswered. Anything I asked for, they provided me with. And like they were just throwing resources. At one point I was like, oh, this resource overload, like,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but like I appreciate the resources because I'm like a person I like I like to research I like to look at different things like give me my options and like I was really lucky in having like providers who were really helpful and ask questions and like one of the things like you understand when you go and have a baby is that you never know who's going to deliver your baby Mm
1: -hmm. because
2: it depends on who's on call and like, I like the experience I got with both my providers, like the high risk and my regular doctor, because you got to meet everybody in that office and everybody I met was like the same. Like they always answered my questions. They provided me with different resources. They listened to me. Like they even like just asking about you and getting to know you and not just like, do you smoke? Do you drink? But like, mm-hmm. okay, you're going to school. What are you doing in school? Do you like that? I didn't like that. Like just those little things that make you feel like, okay, like and comfortable because this is the person you're trusting to bring your baby into the world. And like, you wanna be able to trust them with your health and stuff. And I I just was lucky. And especially also like when it came to my high risk provider, she looked just like me, like she was a black woman. And I think that helped. Because I think some of the things like that look like markers for Down syndrome are also markers for being African, African-American.
1: And mm-hmm. so she was like,
2: OK, well, like she was like, OK, she does have one marker, but also the marker that they're talking about, like not being able to see her nose bones and like those things. Those are typical of African-Americans because we don't have like big nose structures like ours is more flat. So. Mm-hmm that doesn't necessarily mean that so like that kind of was like okay so there's somebody who understands like not only having a baby but being black and things like that so I think also like having somebody that looks like you makes you feel Mm -hmm. a little bit more comfortable because they know your experiences
0: that's amazing. Yeah, I definitely think that your provider, your support system, your provider can definitely play a big role as far as, like, you feeling supported and heard and things like that, especially with all the things that are going on, like, like you were saying, Princess, just women being hurt, and I like, I love how you said, like, that she looked like me, you know, and it's like, not like you downplay anybody else, but it's like you relate to people more that just look like you and you mm-hmm. feel more comfortable, so... Yeah, thanks for sharing that. No problem. Ooh, that was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, can you tell us a little bit about like your labor and birth since we kind of got your pregnancy um story? Definitely. Like I I would say I did kind of take the easier
2: route in getting an epidural, which kind of made my labor a lot less painful on that I would say that's not easy. <laughs> not easy no I just <laughs> said that like I look at my friends and I'm like oh y'all are amazing because like they're having these natural births these hypno births like I listened to Rochelle's story and I'm just like oh y'all are good because I felt like a little twinge and I was like this is not I I need an epidural but like
0: And that's totally okay.
2: Yeah, definitely. We feel like Like everyone, yeah,
0: everyone has their own birth journey, girl. And we feel like no birth is easier than another. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody has their experience. So don't even say that. You just say, I had a birth, I had epidural, and that's okay. Yes,
2: Yes, definitely. Like, no, definitely, because you have to know your body. And I know with me -hmm. and that type of pain, I was just that body was not built for it, so,
0: <laughs>
2: I I would've been on the ground somewhere, like, and, like, just, deli- just take the baby out, because I, um, you want me to do what, but, like, I had a really, like, great labor and delivery, like, my nurse was, like, really, really great, like, I went to the point, I wanted to take her back a gift, like, because she was just that great in that moment, and, like, just, like her energy, it was, it really was her energy that made her so great. Like
1: mm-hmm. she was
2: calming. She was knowledgeable. She was entertaining. She talked me through everything and just, and also I didn't know that doctors only come in when it's time to push.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so that was an
0: experience that I learned too.
2: I'm like, Oh, so it's really the nurses up until it's time to push.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nurses definitely play a big role and I and I feel like um like it could be sometimes different like if you have a midwife like if your midwife is your sole provider like if you do a home birth or something they'll be with you more but like for me like as a midwife in the hospital I don't get to be there for the whole time but I you know if we can we try to be there a little bit like longer with you but it just yeah. depends on who's in labor and things like that but yeah nurses and shout out to nurses, happy nurses week, you know, yes. so, um, Definitely. Yes, so they do a lot. Yes.
2: And like, I just had, and I also ended up having strep B. So that was one of the reasons why I also got to stay in the hospital throughout my whole laboring time, just so I could make sure I got antibiotics and make sure it didn't like pass to my baby. So like. And I was in labor probably for 12 hours. Also, because one thing I realized that the upper door, kind of slows you down because you don't feel anything and you're not moving.
0: Mm-hmm. So, like,
2: I was there for, like, 12 hours just laying down, not eating. That was the sad part because I was really hungry <laughs> and I wanted to eat. <laughs> but, but my daughter came and, like, 40 minutes of me pushing, like, she was just like, I'm here, I'm out, I'm ready. And, like, just Like, my nurse, I think she was just really good in, like, knowing positions to get into, like, because I had an epidural, so I couldn't really feel anything, so I had to figure out how to push without Mm -hmm. really feeling a lot. And, like, she was just really good because, like, when I took the class, it kind of made me scared because, like, you can have to use prevention, interventions is what they call them. Just in case, because if you get an epidural, you can't feel, and the baby may not be coming. So I was like, just to get her out in 40 minutes was really great to me, because I didn't know mm-hmm. how long it was going to take for her just to push down and come out.
0: Yeah, especially for a first time, you know, baby. Yeah. Right. Labor can go forever. <laughs> yes,
2: and that was one of my fears is being in labor. Like people were like, I was in labor for two days, and I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. I will say, um, when you're going into labor, before you go into labor, limit how much you go into those birthing groups, because some people will talk about their labor to the point that it scares you. Yeah. (laughs) So I had to limit up, like getting to the point where it's time for me to deliver. I had to limit my time in those groups because I was, I was just reading too much.
1: (laughs) So princess, tell us kind of like, I know you said that you had got the test, um, you know, to see if she had Down syndrome, but they said you wouldn't know for sure until after she was born. So kind of tell us how you were doing, like, emotionally, not only, you know, excited to meet your baby, but not knowing exactly what would take place, you know, once she was born.
2: Um, emotionally, like, I th- what nobody talks about, I feel like, is emotionally in like having your that baby in your arms is like your mind goes 50 million places like you look at your baby and you naturally love them so I knew no matter what I was going to love her and take care of her
1: mm-hmm. but like just
2: seeing her like you realize one of the things is like you realize how perfect your child is no matter what like
1: mm-hmm.
2: and how much you're gonna like like all your thoughts of like how much you're going to pour into your child and just love them and like pray over them and take care of them so like looking at her that's what I saw like I realized like even if she did have down syndrome it didn't it mattered but it didn't matter like that's my baby like I carried her for 10 months and like I my body did that like created her and like looking at her like she was the most perfect baby to me like no matter what but like that's looking at her that's what I felt but like my mind was also 50 million places because then that's when really the sh- like a little bit of struggle came because it's like your body is killing itself and you have a baby in your arm too and you're just like oh wow
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. that's great yeah um And so since we're kind of focusing on, you know, like maternal mental health this month, we wanted to kind of like, you know, dive into a lot of like postpartum things and like, you know, just mental health and wellness kind of things for our listeners this month. So um, talking about like your postpartum experience, can you kind of tell us what were some things that you had to deal with or like the well, tell us about your postpartum period and then like maybe some of the hardest things you had felt that you had to deal with. Gotcha. Um,
2: Postpartum for me was very interesting because like you found a lot of resources on before the birth, ignoring the birth, but there weren't a lot about after the birth. Like, and what you, like, just the many emotions you feel, like, because not only are you, taking care of your baby but you're taking care of yourself you're also taking Mm -hmm. care of your home and like if you're like me you had to return to work in eight weeks so it was just like in eight weeks you have to try to figure out how to fully heal yourself get your baby to a point so that you can then return to work but nobody takes you through like your body is changing like in every way Like, physically, emotionally, and mentally, those are just different things. And, like, one of the things I had to learn during postpartum is to take care of myself. Because, also, I was struggling with trying to breastfeed my daughter, Mm -hmm. but not being successful in the way I had planned or wanted to be successful. And, like, how do I now adjust and change what my expectations and what my idea of success look like? Because my first plan didn't work. So I, think, so I think that was one of the things that I had to adjust to is like what my expectations may have looked like versus what my reality was. Mm. And like, you see all those images of women bouncing back and they're doing all of these things, but that's not what every woman is going to look like. You have to like follow your journey. And like, I just kind of, I'm thankful for my support system, like, my parents and my friends and, like, people I could call on, like, one, just to talk or, like, just to come by and help, like, watch the baby while I took a nap, took time for myself because those were the things, like, I really needed. Like, sometimes I did have to remind them, like, hey, I am here because they're, like, how's the baby? Hey, how's me too?
1: I'm I'm okay.
2: I'm all right today too. Like, those things but. Like, they also took the time to make sure I was taking care of myself and like treating myself just as well as I treated the baby because that was the only way I, I was going to fully heal and make sure I got my daughter to where she needed to be. But, like, I'm not even gonna lie, it was a struggle. Like, it was really hard. Yeah. Like, battling because it, like it's not even I wouldn't even say like I was depressed but I just had 50 million emotions happening at once because all of my hormones was raging and I was trying to do everything at the same time like you're trying to breastfeed you're trying to pump you're trying to eat you're trying to (laughs) sleep you're trying to clean yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it was just like postpartum I think was even after going through like my like being pregnant and stuff I think that was the hardest part for me because my I had to change how my normal looked right
0: yes and just I've just noticed like a trend like every mom that we've talked to has said that right here like <laughs> mm-hmm. everybody's like when I was like asked like well what was the hardest part and they're like postpartum hands down <laughs> like and it's so crazy that like there's not I mean I feel like there's starting to be more of an awareness about this. So there's starting to be more resources, more support groups, more visits after, you know, you have a baby. But it's so like, I'm just glad this is like that everyone is like sharing this. And so people aren't feeling like, they're the only ones who dealt with it afterward, you know?
2: Definitely. And I think everybody likes to chuck it into like postpartum depression. And now right. I think there are definitely women who are battling postpartum depression, but I think there's not a realistic view of what postpartum looks right. like. So even if you're one moment of being sad, people are like, Oh, you're depressed. And it's like, no, this is what postpartum looks like. My body is changing. My mind is changing. My everyday life is changing. Like I'm had like, while a father may go through the change of being a father and things like that, he doesn't go through the physical part of it, like where the person you look at in the mirror is not the same. Like your mm-hmm. boobs, your boobs is going one different way, your stomach is another. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so it's just like you're like think about it as a teenager, what, what you went through when you were going through puberty and all of those changes. And now it's like added times 10 after you have a baby. So of course you're gonna kind of be here and there. But everybody likes to chuck it into the bucket of postpartum depression. But it's like, no, this is what postpartum looks like. This is this is normal. It's not, like, outside of everyday norm.
0: Yeah, and I think that you brought up a good point. Because I mentioned before, um, I think we were talking to Kiana, I guess, last week. She had mentioned that, too. Like, it's not, she's like, postpartum is not just postpartum depression. It's It's so many other things. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, just us. I think like you were saying, making it nor- like normalizing it, like this is what moms go through and this is the support that they need, you know, so making it more of like, okay, just having having people more aware of what it looks like for moms so that they know how to be more supportive and how to not be like, oh, well, um, you'll get over it or it's probably just, you know, a little bit of depression, like what? <laughs> like, so I think that is a really good perspective. And then, um, Princess, how do you think that um, others can be more supportive during the postpartum period? Because I know, like, even for myself, as providers, there's others that may not have children, you know, sometimes we're like, well, how can, like, how can we help, you know, um, help moms more? Because it's like, we want to give you your space, too, but then we're mm-hmm. like, like, what can we do, you know? I think it's kind of
2: like, no matter what situation a person is in, like, the question always should be, what can I do for you? Like, mm-hmm. and just asking them, like, what do you need? Because every day your need is going to be something different. Like, one day you may need somebody just to sit and talk to you, like, and engage you because if sometimes if you're home alone like your significant other works or your family's not close and can't be with you like you're home alone so if you're my friend just come by and sit and talk to me that may be all I need and other days I may need you to vacuum and cook for me because it's not happening but like I think it's most important like asking that person like what do you need like And just letting them know that you're there, because I know also sometimes and like moms I've been around, it like starts to feel isolated because your life is different. Like where you may be able to get and go, get up and go with your friends. That's not realistic for you now because you have a child and you have a partner or whatever. And like so now your life revolves around your child and like you have to schedule things out a little bit more more than you would if you were without a child or a significant other or those things so I think it's just like meeting your friends where they are meeting your family where they are and like just asking them how can I support you like what is it that you need or want me to do
0: yeah I think that's a really good point just as far as like in general just being heard and like not assuming like oh well this is probably what they need but like yeah. you said it was really simple just asking like what can I do for you what do you need me to do yeah Definitely. Cause I think that's what
2: helped me. is just like my friends and family asking, what do you need? What do you want? Like that kind of supported me. And like, I knew I always had a place to go like, in turn to.
0: Definitely. And I'll also say, cause I know sometimes like you'll be like, or we'll be like, well, c- call me if you need me. So mm-hmm. I'm just like putting it out there, like for moms, like say what you need. Also, you know, yes. like it's mm-hmm. it's okay to say what you need, you know? So. And I think, and I think
2: definitely like taking the time to figure out what it is you need. Like if your friend asks you, hey, what do you need? And you don't know in that moment, like just being like, hey, can you give me a moment like to process and think, and then yeah. I'll get back to you. Like, definitely. Because you, you may not think you need anything and then something happens and you're like, wait a minute, okay, I, I might need them. Like, and like, but leaving mm-hmm. that door open to communicate.
0: Yeah. So, and I think good. the. I feel like the postpartum experience is like way different for moms too that are going through with this pandemic. Oh, definitely. Like (laughs) it's so, it's so crazy because now it's like when you have people come over or do like a lot of extra things. Now it's like, I want my baby to be safe and I don't want a bunch of people coming over. So I think also finding ways that we can kind of support, like from social distancing too, you know? because mm-hmm. I try to check in like on moms that I know that are you know going through or like even like cash apping or like what what can I do you know to help you or give you support or just sending positive messages so I think that would be a good thing to do like if we have like come up with a resource with helping moms throughout COVID too you know especially and I'm glad that we have like a lot of more like virtual support groups now but this is it's a whole different thing
2: I definitely think
0: that like
2: and I think also that goes back to like people how you said people are entrepreneurs. Like I'm seeing a lot of different things pop up, like where there's like a flower delivery service that'll leave like bouquets of different things at your front door. There's like a lot of like at, like I seen Pour up Atlanta, like they're doing mommy day kits for mothers. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think there are a lot of resources now that are popping up that they can deliver a lot of stuff to your house. Yeah. You don't even have to leave your front door, which kind of makes it a lot convenient because to have to bundle up yourself and your baby and try to go out in this and try to do things, is just beyond.
0: Yeah, that's just so true. Well, thank you so much, Princess, for sharing your story. Um, I feel like you gave a lot of advice and inspiration for moms that may have also, like, you know, in the antepartum period, maybe have heard some, you know, sad news or news that wasn't as great. And you really gave, you know, a lot of advice on how to handle that and deal with that. And I really appreciate you coming on the show. Yes, nope.
1: we do. No problem. Thank you for having me. No problem. So this week for our educational tip, we like to always, you know, give you guys something to think about or do further research on. Um, We're going to be talking about mindfulness. Um, If you have any topics that you would like us to address, feel free to DM us on Instagram at birth.ish. And um, if it fits into, you know, the theme of our episode, we'll gladly add it into the end after our mothers share their birth stories. Um, Jaysha, you want to kind of
0: cue in on mindfulness? Sure. So um, we think it's really important. Like we said, it's perfect for what we're ta- talking about this month. So we want to talk about mindfulness in pregnancy and postpartum, and I feel like, you um, Sometimes we go into like all the childbirth education as far as like, okay, you learn about your baby, you learn about labor, you learn about this. But I feel like a lot of it is just mental health, you know, so just incorporating that and making sure that we're putting it back into our education for moms, you know, because a lot of times it's like anxiety, you're having a baby, you don't know what to do. So just still incorporating like mental health practices in your daily life while you're pregnant or postpartum. Um, so me and Tier, we're going to kind of give a few like mindfulness practices, and then Princess can add in some that she may have used, you know, while she was pregnant, and that she was like, or as she's still doing as a mom, or or as you both are doing as moms. Okay. So I feel like um, one of the tips that I always give my patients during pregnancy, which we keep talking about, is just having a a support system. I think that's one of the major things that you can do for your mental health, just as in general, as a person, you know, just having people that you feel like you can talk to about things that are going on, um, and being able to share that and feel supported. So that's one of my like mental health things or just to be aware of. That's good. I have, um,
1: two that I can think of off the top of my head and one that I kind of incorporated in my last pregnancy with my son and that I often give to, you know, my doula clients is exercise. And especially with, you know, the COVID going on, us being at home more, it's very important to move your body in some type of way. So that could be prenatal yoga. Um, Personally, for me, prenatal yoga wasn't for me only because I can't be left alone (laughs) with my thoughts and quiet (laughs) for a long time. (laughs) Um, I like to move around. So I would find things that had like fun music that was kind of more like dancing. That was my form of exercise um, during pregnancy. And I will also use um, my birth ball, which is just a big, you know, exercise ball. And I would do, you know, like hip circles and stretches and things like that to kind of increase my flexibility and also just be able to feel kind of like, you know, I'm floating a little bit. It was a good way to kind of (laughs) escape from the pains (laughs) and things like that. Um, If you're you know, balling out and you have a pool like in your backyard (laughs) or somewhere (laughs) where you don't have to (laughs) share with people. Swimming is also a great way to just escape and feel like, you know, you're leaving all your troubles and kind of in a different space. So exercise is one thing. And another thing that really helped me, um, during my last pregnancy is prayer and, um, Just positive thinking i think when we um i think it was how shonda we talked to she was talking about the birthing and the glory um scripts Mm -hmm. and affirmations i also used that with my last pregnancy and um it really just helps you to you know kind of escape from any bad news that you may get or any fears you may have and just allow you to You know, just think on positive things, fill yourself up with good things, you know, kind of pour out the bad things and then fill yourself with good things. So those are two um, big ones that I personally use and that I would definitely suggest to other people during this time, especially.
0: Yeah. Another thing I would add, I also tell it to my patients is like, sometimes journaling, because a lot of people tell me they're like, i just can't fall asleep at night it's just so much mm-hmm. going into my head and i call it like a brain dump and it helps me because like when i get overwhelmed and i'm thinking about so much i just have to write it out like okay this is what i'm thinking this is what is going on in my mind and also another thing i i say is being present being yeah. in the present <laughs> because it's so easy to like Think about what can happen in the future, you know, especially in pregnancy. It's like, oh, this could happen. This could happen. And I, and, I'm, and I always go back to, OK, your baby is healthy right now. You're healthy right now. It's just like back to centering yourself, you know. So and that's what I do just in regular life. Like, right. <laughs> like, we worry so much about what could happen or what did happen in the past and all that stuff. And, like, it's called to just, like, it brings you back to the moment of just what I say, being. My mom always tells me, Jay, should just be. Yeah. I'm like, what is that? She's like, be in the present. Just be in the present. She always says that to me. And I'm like, oh, or when I start, like, Get anxious and all she just says, okay, just be. That's what she says, and it gets on my nerves, but it helps. <laughs> so, is there anything else that you wanted to add, Princess, that you think maybe that we may have didn't cover? Yeah, I just think like you have to figure out what
2: self care looks like for you, like with like it's like you guys said, exercising, journaling, praying, or different things like that, like figure out what self-care looks like and just try your best to do that every day. Or like if it works for you three times a week. Cause I think that's one thing, like I'm still learning and I think also self-care is a everlasting journey. Mm-hmm. Like, like while I was pregnant, it was just like, watching mindless tv because that just helped me relax and take my mind off things for the moment and like gave me a breather like now with my toddler it's like if I can find 20 minutes a day to read <laughs> that's what I'm doing yeah like and that just gets me like calm and centered and like at least give something to me like I just think figuring out what that's going to look like for you and just trying your best to input that into your schedule so you're always like taking time for yourself because
0: you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, and like and I like how you mentioned to put it in your schedule because a lot of times mm-hmm. I hear my my clients say I just don't have time. I was like you got to put yourself first. Like and yeah. it's really hard when you already have kids and all that stuff, but I'm like if you can start with 10 minutes, 10 minutes, you know, yeah. you have to do it. <laughs> Yeah, so we have so much in store this month. Like Tiara mentioned, we have some special guests who are going to be on the show giving some extra tips um, for this month. So I'm just so happy to be able to talk about maternal mental health and, like, you know, ways that we can improve. And again, Princess, we want to thank you so much for coming thank on the so show Thank you so much,
2: Princess. Thank you guys for having me. I had fun.
0: Yay! Okay, so thanks for tuning into Birthish the podcast. Remember, you can follow us at Birth. Ish on Instagram and on Facebook, and we love to hear um, your ratings. Thanks. Oh, yeah, thanks everybody so much for like tagging us and your how how you're feeling about the show. We've been getting so many positive reviews, yes. so we're so oh my gosh, who have been shouting us out so. I feel so happy and I'm so glad that it's helping and working for everyone. And like we, um, Tierra mentioned, please DM us. You can email us also at podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear feedback or what topics you love to hear. Um, and yeah.
1: Yes. And remember that birth is your own journey and continue to grow and flourish each day.
0: And until next time. Stay on your, your birthday. birthday. <laughs> bye.
1: bye. Bye bye. Bye.